This is it right here. Combining a team of reporters, columnists, and commentators. Don't you ever talk about me! Are you serious? Jack Ebling has brought thought-provoking discussion. What are you doing? That's a damn coaching mistake. Opinion. The customer is the one who decides when the future gets here. Oh, no! The ship is on fire! You have to check the report. Are you kidding me? That game was fixed. And overall infotainment. I'll take Jim Harbaugh. What has he done? Crazy cooter coming at you. <laughs> Quiet, please. In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Thanks, big fella. Don't you ever come back here again. No arguments. Those are called ass tunes. So buckle up. You talking to me? Whoa! It's time for The Drive with Jack Ebling. Yeah, for some reason or another... You sound a little taller on radio. Great afternoon, MidMichigan and beyond, and welcome to The Drive with Jack. It's a Spotlight Radio Network. Jack Ebling here with my producer, Boston Rob. So much going on this week for Christmas week, Hanukkah week. Uh, Talking about pro football, college football, college basketball. The World Cup just ended. Lots of things going on, so... Uh, we want to start with the Detroit Lions, and we have a very special guest who's going to be joining us in just a moment. Jerry Green has covered 56 Super Bowls, and the reason he's covered 56 is that's all there are so far. But uh, he has done a phenomenal job for the Detroit News over the years, and uh, before that, uh, working, helping out. I guess, uh, going back to 1957, we were both at the 57 NFL championship game. It was my sixth birthday present. And Jerry was a, a runner for Dave Dials at the Associated Press in those days and gone on to be a Lions beat writer and then a very, very successful columnist as well. But the Lions got it done yesterday. A lot of people wondering, uh, could that happen? And indeed it did. Uh, Lions in a great position in New York. Uh, Meadowlands to get that win over the Jets. And uh, square the record at 7-7. A lot of people think they're on their way to 10-7. and And a spot in the playoffs. Be interesting to see how that works out. So many other NFL games of interest over the weekend too. How about Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings? The greatest comeback in pro football history. Talk about down 33 to nothing at the half. Come back and beat Indianapolis. And whoever thought that Tom Brady, up 17 to nothing, first time in 90 career home games to have a 17-0 lead and let it slip away. All right, we're going to talk some football now. I'm very happy to welcome in one of the guys I looked up to when I started in this business, and in a lot of ways, I still do. You know, uh, Rob, I've had the privilege of representing the state of Michigan six times in North Carolina at the National Sports Media Association Awards. And I'm looking up at my next guest because the only guy who's been there more often from the state of Michigan is Ernie Harwell. want to welcome in Jerry Green, longtime beat writer and a very successful columnist at the news and a guy who has forgotten more pro football than most of us will ever know. Jerry, how are you? I'm good. I'm doing well, uh, Jack. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, fine. I've, I, w- I won that award 11 times. That's amazing. That That is really amazing. And when you think about 
all the things that you have seen, including the Detroit Lions, you remember when the Lions were really good, when they won a championship three times in the span of six years. Uh, I remember that, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I was basically uh, representing the United States of America overseas as a naval <laughs> officer. Yeah. I, I did get to see the 57 team win. Wow. Uh, I got to see the 56 team play very well, but not win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob, Jerry Green, believe it or not, was a classmate of Joe Paterno's at Brown University. And Brown, of course, was just here playing basketball against Michigan State. But, Jerry, when you see what the Lions are doing now, uh, can you remember a team that has gotten more love locally and more respect nationally with a 500 record? This team is 7-7. Seven and seven, and uh, you'd have thought that uh, they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Uh, I would say that's the, uh, the way me has changed uh, yeah. in the last uh, 15, 20 years. I would say uh, further that the you know, the Detroit Lions are not a Super Bowl team. No, no. I'm going to say that right off. <laughs> uh, I wrote an article before this season started. Yeah. That was uh, very close to being accurate, <laughs> and uh, it was in uh, our magazine. I I said they would probably be around five hundred. Hmm. Uh, they'd be nine, eight, or yeah. eight, nine. Yeah, and that's that's happening. Can't be any closer to five hundred uh, than seven and seven, Jerry. That's true, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, they're not going to be 500 teams no. unless, unless uh, a tie is involved. One yeah, I guess they could be 9-8 and eight and lose their first playoff game and wind up 9-9. Nine and nine. But what about Dan Campbell? You've seen a lot of Lions coaches, uh, a few of them good, a lot of them bad. What do you think of Dan Campbell and the job he has done? And uh, it's a little unusual, but he seems to get some results and the players love playing for him. Changed the entire atmosphere in two seasons. Uh, he's very well respected mm-hmm. now, even though he's a bit, uh, you know, he's a bit homespun. Yeah, I mean, biting their kneecaps <laughs> off. Well, I guess they are biting kneecaps off right now. Yeah, uh, that, that's pretty neat. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I think of the Lions and and the way people are. Uh, I think of the late Drew Sharp, who yes. who was there with the Free Press and kept writing about the poor Lions fans were suffering. Well, I I don't think people suffer because a football team loses <laughs> unless they're directly involved right. uh, in coaching or playing. But uh, but I think I think it's such a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Now because yeah. of the way they started with the. The one six, right, right, uh, start and uh, how they just turned it around. One and six uh, start, and they could have a nine and one finish, Jerry. Uh, that would make them ten and seven. Maybe send them to San Francisco for first round. And what do you think about Jared Goff as a quarterback? We've seen a lot of Lions quarterbacks who didn't measure up. Of course, the great Bobby Lane and a couple of others who did, but. 
You think Jared Goff is good enough to win with? He actually got to the Super Bowl once with the Rams. Yes, and he stunk up the joys. <laughs> I mean, Brady didn't play much better that day. Yeah, uh, yeah right, I think it was right. one touchdown the entire game. That's right. That's right. Uh, Goff, uh, <laughs> my first reaction with Jared Goff was, I read about him, I heard about him. Yeah. But I'd never seen him. He walked into a press conference, and uh, it was one of my recent Super Bowls. I, I think it was two, uh, 2017 or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And, you know, because of the age situation, I wasn't covering things the way I had when I was younger. And But I wanted to see this golf guy, and I was sitting there, and I said, huh? <laughs> he did not show any leadership. Yeah, yeah. He, he gave me, uh, you know, the body language, the the, the way he spoke, the, yeah. his attitude. I, he was the first guy off the board. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I thought, uh, well, I sat there and said, he was the guy playing in Detroit as a much better quarterback than this guy. And yeah. But, he projects better. Uh, that guy would be Matthew Stafford, right? Who who now has won a Super Bowl. That's right. And uh, <laughs> you know, I think anybody who ever met Matthew is happy for him. Yes, that he did that. Yes. Uh, and it, but golf, and and then he keep you know, I, uh, this is very nasty, but. Uh, <laughs> We journalists used to be nasty. Yeah. Before the current law. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I refer to Ga- Goff as Gaff. Gaff, Jer- Jared Gaff. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Green can talk about any Super Bowl, Rob, because he's been to every one of them. And at age 94, the streak lives on. And, Jerry, I told you earlier that the Lions want to know. If you're going to be there, if they make it, because uh, I don't know if they want to go if you can't be there. Well, I'll put it this way. For the (laughs) sake of the city of Detroit, for the sake of the Ford family, uh, people I I admire, uh, they're not very popular as owners, but uh, I I admire them because they have it personally. And uh, I... You know, it'd be nice to see them win. Yeah. I think it'd be great for the city yeah. of Detroit. I think it'd be great for the state of Michigan. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be uh, special for the National Football League, things like that. Yeah. But uh, it would be, you know, really good if the Lions would ever go to the Super Bowl. But I'm not going to hold my breath. <laughs> Jer, uh, you knew Bill Ford. Uh probably as well as anyone in the media. And I'm thinking that he took so much gas. Maybe some of it was justified, but that he didn't know what he was doing. He should sell the team. The league should take the team. All of this stuff. Uh, What can you tell us about William Clay Ford that our average listener would not understand? Uh, Regardless of what people said, I thought he was a passionate owner. Yeah. He wanted to win. Wanted to win. Uh, yeah. He really, I don't think, 
knew what it would take to win. Yeah. Got some bad uh, advice, too, I think, along the way. Well, he took a lot of bad advice. Uh, Some of it from good good sources. Yeah. And family. uh, I would say some of it from Don Shula. Yeah. He would have loved to have hired if he could have. Uh, But he, he couldn't. But he did get... Coaching recommendations from Don Shula, mm-hmm. Monty, Monty, Monty Clark, Clark. and uh, Monty was a pretty good football coach. Yeah, he was just, uh, in my opinion, uptight yeah. about yeah. things, and uh, he, I was not, uh, you know, I was not his favorite sports writer, so. <laughs> but that goes with the territory. Uh, you remember uh, another one bites the dust. The song they had when Billy Sims came yeah. in, and and uh, we yeah. were fooling around with this, Jer. And maybe they need a song now. Another kneecap bites the dust. No, kneecap. Oh, <laughs> is that a mixed metaphor or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're still playing around with that, but but the fact uh, that the Lions could be where they are, and how about this one, Jer? Tampa Bay could host a playoff game as a division champ in the NFC South at seven and ten, currently six and eight, but at seven and ten could host Dallas, which would be thirteen and four. Uh I guess that's why they call them wild cards. <laughs> uh I am I have never cared for the wild card yeah. in any sport. Yeah. Particularly baseball, but uh, it started with uh, things in football where uh, at one time only the second place team in a division could qualify as a wild card. Right, right. Uh, well, the way things are headed, the Lions are, are aimed toward being a second place team yep. in the uh, NFC North or whatever geographical yep. name. NFC North, now. yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, they, you know, it used to be the central. Right, right. I got so bewildering. I just said, "Back with it." I'm retired. I don't have to know that. <laughs> used to be the old black and blue division, <laughs> and uh, now uh, Lions trying to make it the Honolulu Blue division. But a lot of work yet to do. And, uh, Jerry, I think back to something that I always tell people that I think Jerry Green and I are the only two people who have seen the Lions' last two postseason wins. You were there uh, helping Dave Dials, Associated Press, back in 1957, the 59-14 win over Cleveland in the NFL championship game. And it was my sixth birthday present. My dad came home and dropped a couple tickets on the kitchen table. And we went to the game, and afterwards I said, Dad, this was so much fun. Can we do it again next year? And he always blamed me for jinxing the whole thing. Oh. And then in 91, we were there when they beat Dallas 38-6, to and then the next week they went and got steamrolled at Washington. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. Did they get steamrolled in Washington? 38, yeah. Had... Yeah, no, that, yeah, was, okay. uh, that was a game when – Washington kept having those end zone celebrations, and you know the Lions wondered uh, what they were doing there. But uh, it was, it was a, 
Uh, hey, you get to the NFC Championship game, right? You're one game away from the Super Bowl, and that's as close as the Lions have ever been. I'm not saying that was their best team. I think maybe they had a better team in 1970 that lost to Dallas 5 nothing, And maybe they had a better team, Jer, before the Super Bowl began back in the early 60s, that 62 team that handed Green Bay its only loss on Thanksgiving Day was probably the best Lions team I've seen. Okay, my my choice would be the 70 team. Yeah. When they finished that season, beating five uh, yep. first-place teams. Very good. Or four first-place teams and made it as, a, as another wild card. Yeah. And uh, when they made it, I said something to Bill Ford. He didn't like it. He me. Holy heck. Uh, <laughs> if I... Said that properly. Yeah, you said that just just fine, just fine. Hey, Jared, okay. before hey. we let you go, I, I have to ask you about the streak. And uh, you know, you used to tell me that there was a club, and there were five, and then there were four, and then there were three. Now there's Jerry Green, and uh, I'm sure the NFL welcomes you there. But uh, you haven't decided about this year's Super Bowl yet, right? I, okay, I'm as you mentioned earlier. I'm 94 years old. Yep. I'm sitting here. Uh, this could be the first time I've ever done a radio <laughs> or any kind of interview yeah. with oxygen. You know, one of those things that right, bites my right, nose. Right. I mean, I, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I, yeah. I'm sitting here behind a walker. Yeah. I have moved into a... Uh, an assisted li- living facility. Yeah. Or I, I need people to take care of me. Yeah. Uh, go to the Super Bowl. I have to have somebody go with me. Yeah. Uh, my daughter Jenny uh, went to Michigan State. Yeah. And I don't think she's been back to Lansing since. Oh but, no. Uh, we have to bring uh, her back. Well, you should. You know, it was. Uh, he went up there and found a husband. Oh, okay. 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 Where does she and live now? Oh, uh, she lives in Troy. Okay. And I Close live very that. near her. I, okay. I I have you know, I've recently moved yeah. to this assisted living facility right. and uh right. in Bloomfield Hills and I'm sort of uh I'm sort of figuring out what's going on here. Right, right. Uh, you know, I had, if, if I leave the room, I have to take oxygen with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have a uh, portable apparatus. That might, might make it a little bit tough for uh, Super Bowl 57, right? That would be a little bit tricky. Uh, I would be more concerned about the getting there, the logistics yeah, yeah, yeah. of uh, flying to Phoenix oh, yeah. and doing that. Yeah. Uh, Going to the game itself, I could I could do that. On the other hand, I have never seen a Super Bowl on television. I have never been to one of those famous Sunday Super Bowl Sunday parties. Yeah, that I've, that I've heard so much about, but I've never been to one. And uh, <laughs> I I still won't go. Hey Rob, uh, we got the only guy in the media. Who has never seen a Super Bowl on television? And uh, Jer, Jer, I want to thank you for all the things you have done 
for me and for everyone else in this business over the years. And I hope you're around to watch the Lions when they get there. I say when, not if, because they used to say the same thing about, Rob, your Boston Red Sox, that they could never get to the World Series and win it. And uh, now they can't stop winning it. So maybe the same thing will happen with the Lions. Well, the Red Sox are out of the way to stop winning it. (laughs) Unfortunately, they fired Dabrowski, who... yeah. Who got him one? He got, he got a third place team. This is what I mean about wild cards. Yeah, we got a third place team that came very close to winning a World Series. Absolutely, which would uh, be made the purest and Jerry Green lead. <laughs> hey, Jared, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you again before the Super Bowl. Jack, it's always fun with you. I appreciate it very much. Uh, everybody else but my, you and me, myself, and I have <laughs> forgotten about me. So, what the heck. <laughs> the great Jerry Green, Hall of Fame sports writer, columnist of the Detroit News. You know, Rob, uh, we have Lauren Tate on, and he just turned 91. And uh, Jerry Green, now 94. That, this is not because I'm turning 71 this week, okay? That's has not why nothing I'm doing, to do with it. has no. nothing to do with it. But I like to talk to people who know more than I do. Yeah. And that's a long list. But um, Jerry Green certainly qualifies going all the way back. A legend. Yes. We will be right back. And we're going to talk with Lorenzo White, who was part of the former biggest comeback in NFL history with the Buffalo Bills beating his Houston Oilers. He doesn't have to carry that around anymore. Now, that's the Indianapolis Colts problem for blowing the biggest lead. Minnesota coming back from that 33 to nothing halftime deficit. We'll be right back on The Drive with Jack. Culver's could have only started in Wisconsin. Hi, just ask our team member, Sarah. When you order a Culver's Butterburger, you're never just a customer. You're a guest in our home. It's why we cook each Butterburger to order just for you. Right down to getting the perfect sear on the beef. That extra care may be a small town thing, but it's big time important to us. Let us serve you with a smile that stretches from our hometown to yours. Welcome to Delicious. Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping experience for Spartan fans with everything you need to show your Michigan State pride. They have the largest and best selection of apparel for the entire family. Nike, Cutter and Buck, Columbia, Champion, plus their two for $38 tees. And you can't miss their great gifts and accessories. Make sure your family is game ready. Check them out in Lansing's Eastwood Town Center or anytime at alumnihall.com. That's Alumni Hall where Spartan fans shop. If your next event or holiday party has you feeling stressed and overwhelmed, don't be. Voted Lansing's best new restaurant by Top of the Town, One North Kitchen and Bar has catering for every occasion from an award-winning chef. Book your next event by calling 517-901-5001. One North is the perfect place to get with family and friends for all the big games. Also voted Lansing's best sports bar, they have over 40 TVs, feature scratch cooking, amazing craft cocktails, and the largest draft beer selection in West Lansing. That's One North Kitchen and Bar, where friends and family gather to make good times great. 
Time for a career change? Looking to make a difference? Dean Transportation is looking for compassionate people to join our dedicated team of school bus professionals. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased starting pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours, and more, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now and train all summer. Head to DeanJobs.com. Christmas is around the corner and beautiful jewelry is on her Christmas list. So where will you go to buy that gorgeous diamond ring or that sparkly diamond necklace or that incredible diamond bracelet? Medawar Jewelers' four locations by the Lansing Mall by Meridian Mall in Jackson and in Portage have the largest selection and the latest designs of beautiful jewelry that she's been dreaming of. If an engagement ring is on your mind, come into Medawar Jewelers and let our professional staff explain to you all about natural and lab-created diamonds. Our diamonds are set by master jewelers whose passion for their art shows so clearly in each and every piece. So, for that perfect gift that's on her Christmas list, come into Meadowars by the Lansing Mall, by Meridian Mall, in Jackson and in Portage, and we'll help you find it. Jack Evelyn here with my good friend Matt Sloan at Graf Chevrolet and Graf Nissan. A lot more traffic out here, and it looks like you got some new inventory coming. Finally, Jack, it's getting there. We're not back to the good old days, but we're certainly getting better. We've got more Chevys, more Nissans than we've had in probably a year. 2023s are starting to hit the ground, so it's a great time to come out and look for a new vehicle. And if you're looking to maintain your current one, don't forget we've got a great service parts and body shop as well. Stop out and see Matt and the gang here on West Grand River in Okemos. They're making friends. Culver's could have only started in Wisconsin. Our team member, Nick, will tell you why. Oh, yeah, that's an easy one. Wisconsin is the dairy state, so naturally, Culver's was inspired by everyone's favorite rich and creamy tradition, frozen custard. We make our fresh frozen custard in small batches in every Culver's. It's a match, or (laughs) batch, made in heaven. Come have a taste of Wisconsin. Welcome to Delicious. When you want Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. They always deliver the best and newest selection of apparel for the whole family. Nike, Cutter & Buck, Columbia, Champion, plus accessories, Yeti, hats, and all things Spartan. Spartan students, faculty, and military enjoy 10% off in-store every day. Check them out in Lansing or at alumnihall.com to make sure you are game ready. It's Alumni Hall. Or Spartan fans shop. Welcome back. It is the Drive with Jack, the Spotlight Radio Network. Jack Ebling here with my producer, Boston Rob. Want to welcome in Mr. Hall of Fame. He's College Football Hall of Famer. He's now a Rose Bowl Hall of Famer. He's a Michigan State Hall of Famer. I'm sure he's in many halls of fame in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm talking about uh, Lorenzo White, simply the greatest offensive player in Michigan State football history. Lo, how you doing? I'm doing just fine, Jack. Uh, does it feel any better today that I can't introduce you as part of the biggest comeback in NFL history? Oh, um, um, I'm so happy about that. <laughs> um, I don't have to turn on ESPN and every time I hear <laughs> 
uh, every time I see and hear it, uh, ESPN talking about the greatest comeback ever is yeah. the Oilers and, and the uh, Bills. That's right. Uh, I, I just want to flash back on that for just a minute before we bury this topic forever. Uh, that day when it looked like uh, you were going to move on in the playoffs and then it started to slide and slip. And what are you thinking on the sidelines? Did you think, oh, no, this is going to happen. We're going to lose. At first, everybody was going home. (laughs) (laughs) The stadium, the stadium was, um, people were leaving. Yeah. And, um, and I'm, and it's like, it was like the, loudest like that was like the loudest stadium i ever heard like yeah. like when it started getting to the end like the uh, end of the third quarter yeah. i'm talking about like the, it seemed like they put a uh put it on the uh apb out <laughs> <laughs> bring everybody back yeah. bring everybody back yeah they're coming back <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to uh, any members of the indianapolis colts today besides you dummy! How could you lose a thirty-three to nothing lead? I've been on that side. <laughs> I, I heard that. I, I heard that a lot. <laughs> so, so if if it's anything, you know, I know how they feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Minnesota uh, had people booing when they came off the field at halftime, as you might imagine. And then they came out, and uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, he's done this before, not to this magnitude, but to come back and tie the game at 36 and then to get that that field goal to win it, uh, at what point does momentum take over? And it seems like everything that could go right, every bounce, every call goes your way. Well, you know, after – looking at that game over a hundred times and you think about it and think about being in it. Yeah. Um, you know, you think about, and the crazy thing about us is we just whooped Buffalo. (laughs) We had just beat Buffalo. Yeah. 27 to three. That's what the score was halftime. Oh, (laughs) same score. The same score halftime. So, when you think about the the momentum, you know, going in, I mean, just think about, you know, hey, we had the momentum going in, and yeah. oh my god! But when the tables turned, I mean, it just seemed like it was like this, like going down this hill, like you know, rolling down <laughs> the hill, but in definitely slow motion. <laughs> so when you lead twenty-seven to three at halftime, or thirty-three to nothing at halftime. Yeah. Is it just a natural tendency? You fight against it, but just to relax a little bit and think, okay, who do we play next? Well, I, I just you know when I when I look at us and what I was thinking, yeah, yeah, I mean it could have been some players, but I, I, I mean I kind of doubt it. Yeah. But you know when I when I when I think about it, I just think about the offense that we was in. So you yeah, know, yeah, and then yeah. when you look at it, yeah. and if you're in the passing offense yeah. and you don't have a fullback or you don't no. have a tight end, no. so there's only so much that you can do. It's not built to bleed the clock right. and uh, to, to to really drain the time off and take advantage of what you've built. Uh, you got to right. keep going, and uh, you know you give the ball back to them sixty seconds later. 
Right. And then, you know, you just, you know, that time, I mean, but, you know, when you really, uh, you know, we, we, we did learn a lot, you know, uh, about that, uh, like I said, about, about that offense. And yeah. that's pretty much what everybody's running right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it can happen. You know, you, you throw the ball, you know, you're three and out. Next thing you know, you're stopping the clock. So you're giving them more time to possess the ball. So when you think about this, Low, uh, now the two quarterbacks who have engineered the greatest comebacks in college football history and pro football history are both Spartans. Drew Stanton, he's going to be with us tomorrow afternoon, in fact, out in Arizona. And uh, he led the Spartans back from a 35-point deficit at Northwestern. It was 38-3. to and uh, and now cousins, uh, so you're talking about a total of 68 points. Uh, those two quarterbacks. What is it about a quarterback that he can step into the huddle, and doesn't matter how stinky he has been for the first half, he can inspire confidence. And when he tells you, "Come on, guys, we're not out of this. We're going to score, and then we're going to score, and then we're going to score," and you believe him. Well, all you have to do is just, you know, look at the way he played, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, he wasn't on in the first half. He yeah. wasn't on in the first half, but yeah. in the second half, uh, he could have missed. <laughs> yeah. I told somebody that I can't remember seeing, personally, many quarterbacks throw for 417 yards. He did it in a half. He did right. it after the intermission, 417 Right. I mean, I, I mean, I just have to, you know, what I say, him, I, I, you know, I, I mean, I've been on the other side so long. I just want to ask him how it feel like to be, <laughs> to be the one that comes back. You know, they talk about the Miami Dolphins and in 1972 when they were 17 and 0 and they get together every year and they have a party. Uh, yes. when the last team suffers a loss so that their streak is guaranteed to continue. Now, you see some uh, former Oilers, some of your teammates, are you going to toast each other and say, thank God that crap is over? You know what? That might be a good idea, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I just left Houston, so, you know, when I talk to the guys, I'm like, hey, we don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to talk to you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to talk to you a little bit about bowl games now. And you had a chance to play in three bowl games for Michigan State. Uh, you were there for the first under George Perlis, the Cherry Bowl, and then, of course, the All-American Bowl. And uh, my wife still has a, a teddy bear that you signed for her uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. And then the Rose Bowl, and Lo, can you believe that there are players now who are opting not to play in the Rose Bowl? They're backing out. I get it. It's a business decision for some of them. But could you have imagined winning the championship, getting ready to go to Pasadena, and you walking in and telling George, uh, you know what, Coach, uh, I think I'm going to sit this one out. <laughs> well, you're dealing with different coaches. You're dealing with different players yeah. at this time. And, you know, that was one of the things, you know, when you came in, you always want um, to at least be yeah. national championship or, I mean, win your conference yeah. at least 
Yeah. You know, um, the Rose Bowl the, was it. I mean, that was that that, that was the bowl. You yeah. know, we that's our you know the granddaddy of them all. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you want to play, you want to play in that one. Yeah. You know, yeah. so but you know, and then you think about it. You know, we did. Unfortunately, I did have a friend. In the same year when I went to the Rose Bowl, and uh, Mel Bratton. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, played in the bowl game and got his knee uh, messed up. Right, and, you know, right. I, I understand, I understand it, you know, like, but it, it, I mean, I just think it's to, you know, what everybody, you know, each one of the person choose. I, I just can't, I mean, I just couldn't see myself doing it. I wouldn't do it. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you can get hurt, you know, just running in a non-contact injury while you're training for a season. Lots of ways you can you can get injured. And one of the things about you, yeah, you had an injury in, in your junior year in 86, yeah. but, but you didn't take many direct hits. You were so good at slipping and sliding and avoiding that kind of contact that, uh, you know, I think more guys got hurt trying to tackle you than yeah. you ever got hurt getting tackled. Yeah. I just, you know, even with that, I think, um, you know, when you think about everything that's going on in college football right now, um, you know, it was about the, the welfare more then yeah. than it is now. You know, um, I can't speak for everybody. You know, um, I was able to get the um, – get that Lord of London insurance anyway, right, right, you know. Right. So now with the NIL and, and, and that, I don't, I don't really see a reason why. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. why would you, because it's not like, I mean, the way it looks, look like you can almost do like anywhere from like four to five million, you yeah. know, four or five million. If you, uh, if you, um, if you play, Four to five million, low. That's a lot of money, unless you're Andre Risen and you waste it all. <laughs> well, you know. I wanted to say like, that uh, you know when you think about uh, being injured in a game, do you think yeah. we'll ever see a back carry the ball in the Big Ten fifty-six times again, or a hundred and three times in eight days, as you did? Uh, 56 carries against Indiana in a game that sent Michigan State the Rose Bowl, and then those back-to-back games your sophomore year against Purdue and and Minnesota, and your mom was a little worried about that. But uh, I just think that now everyone's so concerned with load management and having more than one running back and staying fresh. You know, I, I, I go back to something that Tico Duckett told me. And when he got to Green Bay, he thought, you know, the fact he'd carried the ball a bunch, not as much as you, but a lot. And, uh, you know, they would have said, well, you know, that shows you're a durable back. They didn't like that. They said, that's miles on the tires. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I just think, you know, like I said, when you're looking at it, I don't understand why wouldn't a professional you know, a professional coach. Yeah. I mean, see the your running style. I mean, yeah. everything plays an important part of it. Right. You know, I don't care that I carried the ball over a thousand sometime in college. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, if you're doing what you're supposed to do as a uh, 
as a coordinator or somebody that's um, scouting college football, you should understand the run. You know, you should understand the running style too as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything else is just an excuse. I mean, you know, I think about my career, and then, you know, it, it's a hundred. I mean, it's a hundred. Oh, he couldn't catch. Uh, he never caught out of the backfield in college. Why would I? I mean, just imagine if I caught the ball like the backfield with what I was running. Like, come on. I mean, I had a hard enough time dealing with Andre, so, you know. <laughs> if you'd taken any of his catches, you know, Bobby only completed uh, six balls a game. So, if you'd taken two of them, that would have been even less for, for Andre and Willie Boyer and Mike Sargent and everybody else. Uh, I, lo- I love to tell Bobby, congratulations on uh, – being the only quarterback to be 61 for 61 in a game. He was 5 for 5 passing in that game and 56 for 60, 56 on tosses back to you. Yeah, well, so he, you know, <laughs> you know, well, uh, Bobby, uh, you know, it's funny, you know, we talk about and, and we kind of laugh, you know, we kind of laugh about it, you know. Um, I'm looking at, you know, um, when we played, I guess played the Rose Bowl and things that he uh, that he did. Yeah. Um, I just thought that you know, with the talent that's going on now, yeah. that he was before his time. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? The year after you left, you were a rookie with the Oilers, and Michigan State went down on New Year's Day and played Georgia in the Gator Bowl. The Rose Bowl was moved back to January second that year, but. This would be like a December 31st game now. And play in Georgia and Vince Dooley in that game, and McAllister and Andre lit it up. And I think Andre to this day says, you know what? If I'd had that game 45 times, I'd have set every NCAA record. (laughs) (laughs) But if if we know Andre – that's what he's going to say. He's yeah. Gonna say, I, was try- I was trying to tell you guys, I'm always open. Uh, always <laughs> open. That was his nickname. Always <laughs> open. Yeah. Andre's the only guy who thinks that Jerry Rice would have been his backup. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You know, hey, um, you know, he's not one to, uh, you know, uh, the, the whole something in. Now, he's going to let you know how you feel. <laughs> hey, Lo, uh, always great to talk with you. Uh, I hope you get a chance to talk with Kirk and thank him. Because yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys are off the hook now. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You know, uh, I mean, maybe we get a pizza or something, and it, <laughs> not, it'll definitely be on me. <laughs> well, the money he's making, it should be on him. <laughs> Thanks so much. No. Okay, all right. Well, Lorenzo White, number 34. <laughs> he was. Uh, he got me to New York twice, Rob, for the Heisman ceremony. Finished fourth both times. I was there in 1985. Fourth. That's amazing. Fourth, finished fourth yeah. both times. That's when they had five candidates yep. there yeah. instead of four. They used to bring five. Mm-hmm. And uh, he finished fourth both years uh, to Bo Jackson in 85. Uh, yeah. And to Tim Brown. Tim Brown. Of Notre receiver, Dame. Notre yep. Dame. Yep. yep. And kick returner. Yep. Uh, in 87. And I actually took over doing the uh, Heisman chairmanship for the state of Michigan the year between uh, 86 and took it over from Jerry Green. Wow, this is like a total seven degrees of Kevin Bacon <laughs> today on today's show, right? Speaking of bacon, uh, we have Jim Stark in the house. 
Do we? And he, yes, we do. Standing right outside your door. He's coming in right now. All right. He's well, going to join us. Yeah, He's got a lot to talk about. So we'll get Jim on in just a moment. Yeah. Let's uh, see if he goes to the right mic this time. Uh, <laughs> Tell him to go all the way to the end. All right. Uh, I will do that. We'll be right back with more coming up on The Drive with Jack. Culver's could have only started in Wisconsin. Just ask our team member, Sarah. When you order a Culver's Butterburger, you're never just a customer. You're a guest in our home. It's why we cook each Butterburger to order just for you, right down to getting the perfect sear on the beef. That extra care may be a small-town thing, but it's big-time important to us. Let us serve you with a smile that stretches from our hometown to yours. Welcome to Delicious. Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping experience for Spartan fans with everything you need to show your Michigan State pride. They have the largest and best selection of apparel for the entire family. Nike, Cutter and Buck, Columbia, Champion, plus their two for $38 tees. And you can't miss their great gifts and accessories. Make sure your family is game ready. Check them out in Lansing's Eastwood Town Center or anytime at alumnihall.com. That's Alumni Hall where Spartan fans shop. If your next event or holiday party has you feeling stressed and overwhelmed, don't be. Voted Lansing's best new restaurant by Top of the Town, One North Kitchen and Bar has catering for every occasion from an award-winning chef. Book your next event by calling 517-901-5001. One North is the perfect place to get with family and friends for all the big games. Also voted Lansing's best sports bar, They have over 40 TVs, feature scratch cooking, amazing craft cocktails, and the largest draft beer selection in West Lansing. That's One North Kitchen and Bar, where friends and family gather to make good times great. Time for a career change? Looking to make a difference? Dean Transportation is looking for compassionate people to join our dedicated team of school bus professionals. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased starting pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours, and more, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now and train all summer. Head to deanjobs.com. Christmas is around the corner and beautiful jewelry is on her Christmas list. So where will you go to buy that gorgeous diamond ring or that sparkly diamond necklace or that incredible diamond bracelet? Medawar Jewelers four locations by the Lansing Mall by Meridian Mall in Jackson and in Portage have the largest selection and the latest designs of beautiful jewelry that she's been dreaming of. If an engagement ring is on your mind, come into Medawar Jewelers and let our professional staff explain to you all about natural and lab-created diamonds. Our diamonds are set by master jewelers whose passion for their art shows so clearly in each and every piece. So, for that perfect gift that's on her Christmas list, come into Meadowars by the Lansing Mall, by Meridian Mall, in Jackson and in Portage, and we'll help you find it. Jack Ebling here with my good friend Matt Sloan at Graf Chevrolet and Graf Nissan. A lot more traffic out here, and it looks like you got some new inventory coming. 
Finally, Jack, it's getting there. We're not back to the good old days, but we're certainly getting better. We've got more Chevys, more Nissans than we've had in probably a year. 2023s are starting to hit the ground, so it's a great time to come out and look for a new vehicle. And if you're looking to maintain your current one, don't forget we've got a great service parts and body shop as well. Stop out and see Matt and the gang here on West Grand River in Okemos. They're making friends. Culver's could have only started in Wisconsin. Our team member, Nick, will tell you why. Oh, yeah, that's an easy one. Wisconsin is the dairy state, so naturally, Culver's was inspired by everyone's favorite rich and creamy tradition, frozen custard. We make our fresh frozen custard in small batches in every Culver's. It's a match, or (laughs) batch, made in heaven. Come have a taste of Wisconsin. Welcome to Delicious. Welcome back. It is the Drive with Jack, the Spotlight Radio Network. Boston Rob on the other side of the glass, gesturing frantically to pay attention. Jack, what are you doing here? All right. Is Boston Rob happy with the, the Boston Red Sox uh, signings? I haven't heard I that yet. I don't know about that. Xander Bogarts, do you have a Padres jersey you can wear now around it? I most certainly can. Uh, I am happy, however, it's sad to see him go. Another homegrown talent of the Red Sox, yep, yep. right? But, uh, Jim, you talk, we talked a little off the air last week. Uh, I am happy that they did not spend what the Padres spent. For yes, I, he wasn't worth that. He wasn't worth that. Yeah. And uh, they're making some smaller moves that I think will help, obviously help benefit them uh, yeah. in a very tough uh, American League East division. Yeah. So, not totally despondent. But, yeah. Where uh, did they finish they, last year in that division? Right? Jack, you know this. <laughs> I don't have to tell you, Jack. I know the smile on your face. <laughs> did anyone finish below him? Oh, I guess not. Well, uh, the thing is, I thought J.D. Martinez will be missed. Yeah. Well, they just got uh, Turner from the Dodgers. Yeah, and, 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 and J.D. went to the Dodgers. Yeah, it's sort of a trade, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. but 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 uh, I don't. Turner was one of the great clutch players, though, for the Dodgers. Yes, but he's thirty-five. He can't. I don't think he play every day anymore. No, he will take over the DH role. Yeah, he'll be the DH while, probably three maybe. quarters of the time. Yeah, yeah. So. You know the guy I liked for the Red Sox. I thought he he was going to be good, and they, tri- but then they you got rid of him. him. But then well, you jinxed uh, him. Andrew probably. Benintendi. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, and it's then funny. He went to Kansas City, and now he's with the White Sox. Yeah, well, yeah. he 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 hit a rough spot with the, with, with the. He was kind of yeah. caught up in the Mookie Betts thing, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, they yeah. kind of brimmed him out with, with Mookie Betts. Um, but no, he he's a left handed hitter, which right away yeah. sets him off. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's had a couple good stops now, uh, but he was on the top of the of the outfielders' free agent list this year. Speaking of which, before we get into the Lions and the Pistons, uh, any news about uh, Tigers bullpen? Well, we just the one deal so far. But you know, don't don't blow past that deal, Jack. The the player that they got from the from the uh, from the Braves for Joe Jimenez is a guy who pounds the strike zone, or or what, what, what was the word? Masters the strike zone, or or he's a hitter that loves to swing at strikes and only strikes. Yeah. So we'll see. Now, uh, I'm not sure he's an everyday player yet, but we'll see. But but don't look past I'm, I'm that. Not, I understand that, and I think that's good. I, but I'm, it's I'm not what they need. Joe nope. No, I I'm know. talking about can they have somebody who's going to put Gregory Soto in well, AAA? Okay, here's what's going to happen to Gregory Soto. They're going to wait till spring training now, yeah. and they're going to wait for somebody to get hurt. Yeah. Some team that's got a, that has a top uh, closer gets hurt, and will need a guy, then they'll be able to get something for him. That's what they're going to do. He will not start the – well, I shouldn't say this. He will not be the closer for the Tigers come 
June 1st of next year, without a doubt. If he comes in to the first game of the season and walks the first two batters, I'm going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> well, the good news is it won't, it won't make that much difference for this team, though, right? Yeah. Uh, but, no, I, I'm telling you right now, he will not have a, a role on the next winning Tigers team. Without a doubt, uh, it's just been – glad well, that, that could be 2029. No, 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 no. You guys are being goofy now. They, they, I'm glad they're holding out. For, they don't want to just dump him. He's got value. He's a left-handed pitcher who could throw 100 miles an hour. He's got yeah. value. Hey, he can throw balls 100 That's miles right. an hour. Uh, teams are going to strike zone. That's teams value. are going to pay for him. Watch, okay. all right. Watch. Okay. So, but yeah, the, the the list of the free agents now is pretty much complete. The top guys, anyways. Uh, obviously, Aaron Judge just stays with the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Degrom, who gets hurt more than anything else, yeah. uh, moves. Um, uh, he, he's now uh, with the uh, uh, San Francisco. Carlos Correa is with San Francisco. Uh, Trey Turner flips his. Uh, back to the East Coast um, with the Braves. Uh, Justin Verlander, of course, we know goes to the uh, the Mets to join his his Cy Young and his soon to be Hall of Fame partner um, Max Scherzer. Uh, Xander Bogarts, who got way overpaid by the uh, by the Padres, but I think part of it was they started to panic because the shortstops were, were becoming uh, short supply. Uh, Carlos Rodon, this guy is unbelievable. He was non tendered contracted right. two years ago. And now he gets one of the 150 million uh, for five years. I think well, you said uh, Jacob Degrom was with San Francisco. I'm sorry, what did I say? Texas. Uh, Texas, yeah. The, the, Carlos Correa went to Texas San with their big checkbook came yeah. out again this year. Uh, but Degrom, I think, is 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 been hurt most of the time, right? He's yeah. not he's not like Verlander, really really good when he can pitch. He, he absolutely is. Um, and then down the list a little bit more, Darby Swanson or Dansby Swanson. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's he's um, is he signed? Let's see. He's not signed yet, right? We have not Dance seen Swanson? Swanson signed yet, right? I don't think so. No. Now, wh- here's another one of these guys under the under the radar, Brandon Nimmo, who mm-hmm. uh, ended up signing with uh, re-signing with the uh, Mets, $145 million. Uh, Jose Abreu. Now, this guy, I think, was a great signing by the Rangers because um, he's been a really good hitter for the White Sox. That's, that's, that's probably more Abreu. significant. He's probably more significant than even signing uh, DeGrom. So, Clint Clearshaw, he went back to, um, to the Dodgers, of course. Uh, Does Texas, like, have unlimited money? I guess. I guess somebody opened another oil well or something. So, the bottom line is most of the big the names Swanson are signed. Swanson signed with the Cubs. He has signed. Okay. Yep. Um, but most of the big names are signed. I think Correa, obviously, is a game changer going to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I think For that much, though? You see how much he's. Oh, I know, but but he's a good player. He's he got a very, he and he's very got a player. track record. Okay, I think he's a better player than Bogarts. No offense, Rob, hmm. but I think he's got more power, and I think he's a better defensive player. Yeah, but I think Bogarts got a better chance to get a World Series ring playing in ah, San Diego. Yeah. Well, you right? know, and let's go back to Texas for a minute. And this is this has been um, uh, a little bit under under the radar. They got Bruce Bakke, or uh, excuse me, um, oh shoot, the the, the, the manager for the. For the San Francisco Giants, mm-hmm. uh, they got him out of retirement to come yeah. manage him. Um, Bruce Bochi, Bochi, thank Bochy, you, yeah. thank you, thank you. Um, that's not. He's been a great manager. Yeah. He won three World Series in six years with San Francisco. That is not a small signing. Well, they got talent there. We'll see yep. what he can do with it. Yep. So, so, so the bottom line is the Tigers have done nothing of note. That's 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 really where we, we stand. The the lineup they have this year will pretty much the lineup they had next year unless they do something in the offseason. That was exciting. Yeah. So, sorry to tell you that. 
so real quick before we – I know you want to switch subjects here, but real quick, in your opinion, in you guys' opinion, who won the free agency battle? Who won the offseason as of this moment right now? Who would you say? Texas. See, I, I'm going to go with the Mets. I think the Mets getting Verlander for DeGrom is a plus. Really? Yep. I, th- I think Verlander – Verlander's had major injuries, but which only, cost him a season. Only once. Only once. DeGrom has had is. a series of... of uh, well, you want to bet on Tom Brady, go ahead. Okay. Um, and, of course, Judge, I think, uh, not going is probably the biggest story because the Yankees uh, didn't want to lose him. and they, and they ended up, So I, th- I think it's either the Mets or the, or the, or the Yankees for me. All right. Uh, you know, I hate New York anyway. I'm going to say... Uh, Texas with uh, Abreu coming in yes. and DeGrom. I think I, they, they I improved argue themselves that. in both ways. And I, I wouldn't think, argue that. I think San Diego, yeah. you just put that fourth bat in there. Yep. Those other three guys they had were special. Yes, and Soto, Soto, you didn't see Soto last year. He was traded in the middle of the year. He yeah. had kind of off year. I think Soto this year will be – and don't forget um, – I think they're aren't they over the luxury tack in the payroll? Yeah, yes. yeah. So they yes. they're, they're willing care. to go. They're willing, go. Talk about a team that has unlimited funds. When they had a chance to beat the Dodgers and did it, they were all in. Yeah, they said, "Oh, this is what it's all about." Yep. No, I, I agree. And and yeah. you know what? I like teams that are willing to compete and, yeah. and and are willing to throw all the you know forget tomorrow. Let's worry about winning today. How about the Detroit Lions? They're willing to compete. Are they willing to do what it this, takes? This this is a different Lions team. And I'll tell you. They had so many chances to fold yesterday, Jack, yeah. and they didn't. Yeah. The offense didn't click. Uh, certainly, the, the, you know, they made a lot of mistakes. The, that, that the very first possession when they tried to go a fourth and goal from the one didn't get it. That would have been enough to make the team fold in past years. Uh, Jared Goff did not have a great game. Uh, he missed Jameson Williams wide open. Uh, for a touchdown, he made the pass. So, but he still didn't fold. He stayed competing. He stayed stayed with the game. But the defense, Jack, I think that's the biggest thing right now. They have the two leading sack guys for rookies in the entire NFL. Uh, and one, one that, that James Houston came out of nowhere. He yeah. was a seventh-round pick. To me, they're winning these games with players that are, are, are been found or have been drafted or have been developed. Um, I think that's the key to this team is they are getting contributions with players up and down the roster. I tell you what, this offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. Oh, he looks like your little brother, doesn't he? Uh, he is going to be head coach soon. Not He can't be this year, though, can doesn't he? matter. Uh, look at the guys they're hiring. Yes. Miami I, hired Mike McDaniel. Yeah, no. He looks like a water boy. Yeah, no. I, I, I But he was – Johnson was not even the – he, he only Doesn't picked matter. up the offensive coordinator halfway through last year. Doesn't uh, matter. He's, he knows what he's doing, and the players respect him, and now he's getting a reputation. The pass he called yesterday to win the game. Oh, phenomenal. To Brock Wright. That was as well-designed a play as I've ever yeah, seen yeah. with everybody going one direction, and then here comes Amon Ross St. Brown in motion away. Yep. Brock Wright was so wide Nobody open. looked at him. No Nobody. one looked at him. On 4th and 14. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, th- I think, and they're well-designed plays, but they're executing them, too. That's the amazing thing. Um, they're playing well when the when the game's on the line. Instead of folding like a cheap pup tent, they are playing their best when the game's on the line. That's a new thing, right? Yeah. This team has not played well under pressure in as long as I can remember. You know, you go back, you go back to, the, to the Barry Sanders days, the last time they were anywhere near this good. And they had better players then. Well... I thought uh, the way the Lions played yesterday in a hostile setting. Yep. Against a team that had a lot to play for. And they're a top five defense. 
Yeah. New York Jets, they, they were somebody's uh, uh, you know, little, little league team out there. They're a top five NFL defense. And, and that Sauce Gardner, yeah. he shuts down the whole half of the field. And that last call, I mean, I thought they were going to run the ball. They got fourth and about this much. Yep. I mean, you know, it's less than a foot to go. And not only did they not run it, they threw it completely against all the action. Now, if somebody had covered that guy, I don't know what would happen. Jerry yeah. Goff probably would have got sacked. Right, right. But, you know, at that point, hey, you're, you're going for everything. Well, and you make a good and point. he's done that. He's had fake punts from his own 26-yard line. They're very creative. And the offensive line has done a wonderful job of protecting Goff. Yeah. He didn't have a sack yesterday. No. I think he only had five pressures. He's not mobile. No. He's not doing it on his own. No. He's getting help. That offensive line is doing it. Now, they, they didn't run as well yesterday. They only had 50 yards out of, uh, yeah. uh, out of their starting uh, running uh, game. Right. Uh, but, but still, they're doing what they need when they need to do it. That's the amazing thing. Yeah. So, it's fun to watch. It's a, it's a fun team to watch. Yeah. And what does that mean now? I'm well, they're, they're only half the, a game. The rushing, they had uh, 52 out of Swift yeah. and 33 out of Williams. So that's not bad. If you put them together, that's 85 it, it, It's a workable game. Yards. Yeah, but, but they're only half a game out of the playoffs now because Seattle lost oh, on yeah. Thursday. And I look mean, at their schedules. It, it, the, 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 the Lions have the least uh, the, or the, or the right. easiest schedule. Easiest the, schedule. Yeah. So, Wouldn't surprise me at all if the Lions wind up 10 and 7. Well, they got, they got at to go, least 9 and 8. They have to go two more on the road and one more at home, right? Yeah. Uh, and this yeah, and this week beat is, the Bears. Yeah, and this week is Charlotte, right on the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're right. And then they finish with the Bears Carolina. in Green Bay. Okay. Oh, Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Carolina is five and nine, by the way. They've got and then they've got the they got the Bears and they got Packers and the Packers. So yeah. all beatable teams. So I mean, they could be uh, nine and seven. Yeah. heading into Green Bay, but I, I think even nine does, and eight's got a chance to make. Does it. nine and eight get them a playoff berth? Depends. It, it, is Depends. it a good chance or is it a, it's just kind of a, a snowball's chance? Uh, if everything happens the way I expect it to happen, I mean, the Giants have a couple of tough games. Right. Too bad they weren't in the NFC South because they'd be <laughs> winning the division. Oh, yeah. Oh, no question. <laughs> yeah. no yeah. question. Well, I think the division champion there is going to be 7-10. and 10. Yeah, I believe it. And well, hosting. Yeah. There's I, a chance that they could be hosting a team with six more wins. Yep. Dallas could be 13-4. and four. Well, it's, it's what the NFL wanted, right? They wanted parity. Yeah. And that's what they're getting. That's what they want. Parody. That's what they're getting. And you know what? The ratings show that that's a real smart decision. Well, they want they want every— They had a record number of games decided by one possession or less yesterday. Is that right? Yeah. And everyone stays to the very end. That's what they wanted. They wanted every game— It's what you don't both, get in college football. Both teams have a chance, right? Yeah. They didn't want blowouts. They didn't want blowouts. No blowouts. Yeah. And, you know, you look at the spreads on these games— very seldom do you see a team favored by more than 10 points. Right. Very seldom. And, and the Lions, what was it against the Vikings? They had five games decided by less than 10 points the last five games. Yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly what How they How about won. the Vikings? What are they, 11-3? and three, And uh, I think they've still allowed more points than they've scored. Right. No, so. I, it, it, it's been a fun season. And I just like, the, you know, it's funny because we could have we could have bought uh, 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 Campbell's contract for a hundred bucks and a and a bag of, of grapes, uh, uh, you know, six weeks, seven weeks ago. Yeah. And now we're talking about him for coach of the year. That's that's just remarkable. Things can turn around fast. in a heartbeat. That's uh, what I'm thinking about for Rob. You know, people who don't like him now, they'll like him in six weeks. <laughs> you know, Rob. You know what's nice when he's picking on you. 
Means he's yeah, not I'm, picking I'm, on me. That's I, 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 no. I, I'm just taking one for the team. No, you know what? I'll, I'll let you take it from me. I, I, he's being nice to me today. I'm a little bit worried. I'm, well, I might, maybe I'm sick or something. Yeah. Is there some news I'm going to get? It's the holiday season. He's being awful nice to me. It's the holiday season. You Jack's were around when holiday. Billy Sims came in. Oh, yeah. You remember uh, the fervor then when they got off to that hot start? They were 4-0. Oh. Another one bites the dust. Oh, that remember was that? Jimmy Allen. Jimmy Allen, with, right? with, 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 Yeah, the song. So we're working on the song. Rob doesn't know it yet. He's going to produce this song. Another kneecap bites the dust. Because <laughs> they're biting a lot of kneecaps right now, they right? They certainly are. Yep, they are. Absolutely. They're breaking a lot of kneecaps with the offense they got for those defenses. I'll tell you that. Well, again, and you know what? They didn't score an offensive touchdown until the, until that till the, the right touchdown. That was yeah. uh, if they can win without doing what they do best, oh, yeah. that's a good sign. And that is just Jared Goff's third touchdown pass on the road. He has twenty at home. Right. Um did you did you know that Sauce Gardner was that good when he was when he was in, in high school? Did you heard did you hear that about no, him? No, I didn't know in high school. I knew when he went to Cincinnati he was excellent. Yeah. But he, he, was, him a bit. he was Detroit though, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but, if I uh, listen, I think Mick said he thought he was really good. If I'd have told you that Chark and Reynolds would have what what, what two catches for eighteen yards before yeah. the game, you'd have said they didn't win today. Yeah, right. And that's what they did. Yet they found someone else to catch the ball. And in fairness, the Jets didn't have their starting quarterback. That is true. But you know what? He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't horrible. No, uh, there wasn't a. Uh, but he, he made a couple of boneheads. He made the, the interception was a bad, bad read. No question about it. Yeah. So, hey, we talk about the NFL. i got to talk to you about two other things that happened. Uh, what about Kirk Cousins leading the Vikings back from 33 to nothing, the biggest deficit ever overcome in NFL history? He, you know, Kirk Cousins, is, he's eating the Lions up. If you look at his yeah. line, because he's been a great quarterback. Do you know how many yards he's passed to the last two, for the last two weeks? I think eight, is it eight hundred? Eight hundred and eighty-five, almost nine hundred yards. Yeah. yeah. He, remember, he was he was like, when they, when he went to, when he went to the Vikings, wasn't he said oh he's overpaid? Oh yeah. He 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 was a, he was a people um, still say that he was a compromised choice. He wasn't a first choice. Right. You can win with him at quarterback. Hey, man, I would think so. I would like to have a quarterback who'd throw for four hundred sixty yards and four he, touchdowns he, in the second here's half. Here's a question: Is he the best quarterback to ever come out of Michigan State? You could get that argument going. Could couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you could. Uh, you could say he's the most successful, although Earl Morrill was pretty successful Yep. as well. Yep. Connor Cook uh, did a lot while he was here, uh, 36-5 and five record, but it didn't translate. He was a good college quarterback, yeah. but, but Cousins may and be the best. And you looked at him and you said, well, he's going to be a pro for sure. He's right. big, he's got a strong arm, all that stuff. We've but seen you've got to read before. defenses, you got to do a lot of things. Yep. And, more and, than that. And really, Cousins has gotten better as, oh, his, yeah. as his career has gone on. Yeah. Well, when they drafted Cousins, this is funny because uh, my intern, Andrea Nelson, and I went to Soldier Field to see a preseason game with the Redskins and the Bears. And she was a big Bears fan, and she loved Kirk Cousins. She knew him at Michigan State. So I said, okay, we're going to go. We're going to get tickets. We're going to get credentials. We'll go, and we'll, we'll see this, and we'll do a piece on Kirk afterwards. So he wasn't even the first quarterback that they took that year in the draft. They took him in the fourth round. And they took Robert Griffin, the third, yep. RG3. Yep. They took him in the first round. And after the game, we went in and we were talking to Mike Shanahan, yep. who was the coach of the Redskins. And uh, everyone kept asking about Cousins. And he just kept bringing the topic back to RG3. <laughs> and I said, well, I know who's getting the money. I know who's getting paid. <laughs> so it's going to be RG3's job to lose. And it took him about three years to do it. He did, too, in spectacular fashion. Yeah, exactly. So 
How about Tom Brady? Did you know Tom Brady when you were in Ann Arbor? No, um, you, well, I didn't know him. But, I, mean, I was more aware of the controversy between you had him and you and had Henson. And, and Henson. Yeah, because I knew about Henson because I knew his dad was 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 one of the coaches, and yeah. Henson came from Brighton. Yeah. So I knew more about that part of it. Brady was kind of under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, he was a backup to Brian Greasy. Right. Didn't play much at all his first three years. Didn't play at all his first year. Right. Barely saw the field his, his next two years. His junior year, he took over. And then Henson came in, and they basically promised Henson his dad. His dad angled that deal, so he was, uh, you know, in a routine uh, quarterback where they were switching between the two of them, right? And it cost him a game up here. Yeah, no, Brady. uh, You know, if if the portal was was in place then, Brady, you always saw a cloud of dust seeing him leave the the program because he got he really didn't get treated well at all. Yeah. Because Henson was the guy because of his dad and because of whatever promises were made, but uh, but obviously the money, the good long time money was was on Brady. Yesterday, the second half of that game was the worst I've ever seen Tom Brady play. Well, you know, at forty, aren't at forty three, forty five, aren't you going to start to decline in somewhat in skills? I mean, how hard? But a couple weeks ago, he just had another miraculous comeback on Monday night. Well, team's old, gentlemen. Well, that's the the other part. The the whole team is old. Yeah, you're only as good as the guys around you, right? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, look how good golf is age. when you've got a, a, a great offensive line in front of him. Exactly. Yeah, give him a lot the, of uh, injuries. I mean, you know who never loses unbeaten? Father time and mother nature. <laughs> they right. never lose. Yep, They're that's a right. deadly yeah. combination. It, it, you look behind you; it's it's coming. You know how fast you run. That 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 that, that dark shadows behind you. Did you see the Bills game on Saturday with all the snow at the end? Oh, was, uh, the, the snowballs. Oh my, they had yeah. to warn the fans: yeah. stop throwing snowballs, or we will forfeit the game. That's how bad it got. Yeah. They had to clean off a spot the, for Bass to kick. The and players they couldn't use a towel, so they're all down there with their with hands, their bare hands yeah, trying to scrape. scrape it was it was awesome. Um, but but I guess the, wasn't the play of the day though that 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 uh, Stanford band play where they're passing the ball around and the and the Raiders oh, yeah. intercept the, the New England. They're throwing the ball. Jacoby no, yeah, Myers. Is, yeah. He, and they had gotten down to about the 30-yard line. Right. And then the guy turns around, and he tries to throw it back. It looked like some sort of a soccer play. <laughs> and the next thing you know, uh, he picks it off, you, and he you think rolls Bill, the quarterback. You think Bill Belichick had anything to say in the locker room after that game? Oh, God. You looked, <laughs> looked like someone just shot his dog when it was over. All right. Very quickly, before we let you go, Jim, um, I want to talk a little bit about the Pistols. Well, I got something to report, Jack. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, all I've had is bad news lately, right? Right. Uh, but, but Killian Hayes. Obviously, having uh, a Kate Cunningham going out now with a, with a surgery out for the year has yeah. been nothing but bad news where we've been doom and gloom. The one bright spot is in the 10 games that Hayes has been starting for, um, for Cunningham at, at point guard, I want to get this right. He's averaged 13 points over seven assists and three rebounds. Plus, plus he's shooting 46% from the floor and 38%. From three, that is double what he was doing the first two years. So I know it's a short, very short sample period, but still, maybe this is Killian Hayes finally stepping up because he's got talent, no question about it. But his numbers are finally starting to match that talent, uh, both scoring wise, assist wise, and shooting percentage. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> now wait a minute, you're not no, you're not uh, happy to at least get some no. some good news. No, I'm looking at his last five games here. Okay? Yep. These are his shooting percentages. Two for nine. 
Well, I, I looked at the last that's, 10 games. What I gave you was 10 games. Uh, then 2 for 6. That's 333. Then uh, 9 for 19. That's almost 500. Okay. Then 4 for 10. That's 40%. And his last game, he was 4 for 13. That's 308. Well, the five so, games before that, he shot better. Put it th- but, well, he's on a downward swing. And I, I get this is a short sample. But, Jack... If if he can show yeah. he can be a start in this league, either he's going to start for them or he'll, they'll, they can trade him. Because it's a good idea. Right now he's right now he's 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 a he's a, a lost pick. Yeah. Well, right, the Pistons are only two players away from being two players away. So I know I I've lo- I had J- a, 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 a Rob I had Jack in my hand with the Pistons at the beginning of the year, and I've yeah. lost him, and I don't yeah. blame him. I don't blame him. I thought they could win thirty games. That's the second year in a row I've been duped by these guys. Well, it, there is some little bit Kate of a bright Cunningham, spot. Be nice if he could stay healthier than Jacob Degrom. Well, is it is it Wem, is it Wembayama? Is that his name? Yeah, they are climbing the Wembayama Derby. How's that? Uh, Victor Wembayama is as close as I have seen. I'm not saying he is. But he's as close as I've seen to LeBron James. Really? At wow. that age. Well, I know, I know the one story I read today that he's the best prospect in 20 years. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. And that's LeBron really? James. Really? Yes, I would. Wow. Uh-huh. So this, this, this Wembayama Derby is real. It's real. Okay. Yeah. Before I let you go, before you kick me out, i got to tell you. Yeah. Hey, hey, Rob, Jack will understand this. I'll talk to you. Yeah. Okay. That World Cup final yesterday, oh. I want to tell you right now, I don't care if you like soccer or not. Yeah, it was it good. Was I watched so, it. Did you it watch good. it? Oh, yeah, I good. Did. That, I watched it. Listen, to le- forget the game. But every match isn't like that. Watching one out of a billion. Listen, watching like from the ninety-minute mark on was awesome. Yeah, it was like one of those old boxing matches. Yeah, like it could just keep coming back. It was it, it was Marvin Hagler like an and Ollie Thomas Frazier or something, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. They they were. Th- but then that that the uh, the extra the, uh, the the shootout yeah. was. Awesome! I, I and get two it, Jack. Of the best I, players in the world yeah. going back and Go, forth. Back one and at forth. three. Yeah. I mean, for drama. Can't wait to see a match like that again. Okay. I will in twenty forty three. Can we enjoy yesterday a little bit? All right, a little bit. But uh, it really it was spectacular. For, right? for for that hour, I watched that. That, yeah. that was as good a sports uh, uh, drama and excitement as I can remember. Jim, thanks so much. Always appreciate you being here. Uh, you're going to be at the game Wednesday. Wednesday, right? going to the game. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, my my alma mater. Yeah, the Oak University Grizzlies will be up here uh, taking on, uh, and we'll see if if we we'll try to get Campy on the show. Well, we're going to see if Campy and, and Izzo have a little fist fight before the game. Oh you no, know. they get along. Great. No, I, I mean a good natured one. Yeah. I want to see a little wrestling match. No, or they get along great. The two dinosaurs. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back, and we're going to talk with Trent. Hey, by the way, hey, hey, yeah. Merry Christmas to all the listeners and happy oh, yeah. holidays. Yeah. I won't talk to you before the holidays, so. Rob, it's been great working with you. Jack, Absolutely. all kidding and aside. And I got your birthday present. Thank you very much. It is a true pl- pleasure uh, working with you guys. Uh, we're going to have Trent Bally on with us in just a minute, and there's nobody happier about what the Lions are doing than Trent recovering from his Hodgkin's lymphoma. The Lions are giving him a lot of reason to keep fighting. And uh, we're going to have Sean Landetta on with us at the end of the show, and Sean is simply the greatest undrafted punter in NFL history. We'll be right back on The Drive with Jack. Culver's could have only started in Wisconsin. Just ask our team member, Sarah. When you order a Culver's Butterburger, you're never just a customer. You're a guest in our home. It's why we cook each Butterburger to order just for you, right down to getting the perfect sear on the beef. That extra care may be a small-town thing, but it's big-time important to us. Let us serve you with a smile that stretches from our hometown to yours. Welcome to Delicious. When you want Spartan gear, 
Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. They always deliver the best and newest selection of apparel for the whole family. Nike, Cutter & Buck, Columbia, Champion, plus accessories, Yeti, hats, and all things Spartan. Spartan students, faculty, and military enjoy 10% off in-store every day. Check them out in Lansing or at alumnihall.com to make sure you are game ready. It's Alumni Hall, where Spartan fans shop. If your next event or holiday party has you feeling stressed and overwhelmed, don't be. Voted Lansing's best new restaurant by Top of the Town, One North Kitchen and Bar has catering for every occasion from an award-winning chef. Book your next event by calling 517-901-5001. One North is the perfect place to get with family and friends for all the big games. Also voted Lansing's best sports bar, they have over 40 TVs, feature scratch cooking, amazing craft cocktails, and the largest draft beer selection in West Lansing. That's One North Kitchen and Bar, where friends and family gather to make good times great. Time for a career change? Looking to make a difference? Dean Transportation is looking for compassionate people to join our dedicated team of school bus professionals. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased starting pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours, and more, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now and train all summer. Head to DeanJobs.com. Christmas is around the corner and beautiful jewelry is on her Christmas list. So where will you go to buy that gorgeous diamond ring or that sparkly diamond necklace or that incredible diamond bracelet? Medawar Jewelers four locations by the Lansing Mall by Meridian Mall in Jackson and in Portage have the largest selection and the latest designs of beautiful jewelry that she's been dreaming of. If an engagement ring is on your mind, come into Medawar Jewelers and let our professional staff explain to you all about natural and lab-created diamonds. Our diamonds are set by master jewelers whose passion for their art shows so clearly in each and every piece. So, for that perfect gift that's on her Christmas list, come into Meadowars by the Lansing Mall, by Meridian Mall, in Jackson and in Portage, and we'll help you find it. Jack Eblin here with my good friend Matt Sloan at Graf Chevrolet and Graf Nissan. A lot more traffic out here, and it looks like you got some new inventory coming. Finally, Jack. It's getting there. We're not back to the good old days, but we're certainly getting better. We've got more Chevys, more Nissans than we've had in probably a year. 2023s are starting to hit the ground, so it's a great time to come out and look for a new vehicle. And if you're looking to maintain your current one, don't forget we've got a great service parts and body shop as well. Stop out and see Matt and the gang here on West Grand River in Okemos. They're making friends. Culver's could have only started in Wisconsin. Our team member, Nick, will tell you why. Oh, yeah, that's an easy one. Wisconsin is the dairy state, so naturally, Culver's was inspired by everyone's favorite rich and creamy tradition, frozen custard. We make our fresh frozen custard in small batches in every Culver's. It's a match, or (laughs) batch, made in heaven. Come have a taste of Wisconsin. Welcome to Delicious. Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping experience for Spartan fans with everything you need to show your Michigan State pride. They have the largest and best selection of apparel for the entire family. Nike, Cutter & Buck, Columbia, Champion, plus their two for $38 tees. 
and you can't miss their great gifts and accessories. Make sure your family is game ready. Check them out in Lansing's Eastwood Town Center or anytime at alumnihall.com. That's Alumni Hall, where Spartan fans shop. Welcome back. It is The Drive with Jack, the Spotlight Radio Network. Jack Gebling here with Boston Rob. Uh, let's welcome in Trent Bally. Trent, of course, uh, part of Miles Bally recording group, but also uh, did a good job here as an intern. And One of my uh, favorite guests of all time, Jack. One of your favorite of all time? All time. Of all time? Of all time. Trent Bally. And that would be why? Oh, I mean, I, mean I, like, I like him a lot. A young man that uh, it gives me great hope as I'm getting older in my age, not as old as you, but it gives me great hope in the sports world that we have young talent and well-respected young talent like Mr. Bally. So it gets me excited for the future of sports radio. You know what I mean? This is quite the salute you're getting, general. Trent, but I, I just caution you. Remember who you're getting it from. Yeah, I'm blushing over here. Good thing we're not talking about Tigers Red Sox because maybe we'd have a little bit of a different conversation. I'd catch a little right. more heat from Rob. Yeah, 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 exactly. Ah, let's talk a little bit about the heat being generated by the Detroit Lions. Uh, stop short of saying you're Detroit Lions, but you've been a believer uh, as long as anyone. And uh, even when they have stunk, uh, you have found that, that glimmer of light in this team. And now here they are. Back to 500 after the one and six start. Is this team going to finish 10 and seven? You talk about feeling the heat, and Jack, for the first time, and certainly since the Caldwell era, that heat ain't coming from a dumpster fire. It is awesome. <laughs> and I have to say, what the Lions are doing, it's I, I, certainly in my lifetime, is unprecedented. Any team. I'm not talking about just the Detroit Lions. I'm not talking about just a Detroit sports team. Yeah. But to start one and six. And for Dan Campbell to get these guys, it almost looked like the Lions were doing the no-no of intentionally losing games at times, and it was frustrating. And then you make the Hawkinson trade and this, that, and the other, and things are really looking down. Then you just beat the Packers, and then stuff starts to roll. People forget about how good of a win that Bears win was on the road. And that, that was way at the beginning of all this magic happening, and now to find ourselves here at 7-7 seven and seven, watching meaningful football in December. Meaningful as ever, Jack. I mean, this is the most meaningful three-game three game stretch coming yeah. up here that I can remember in my lifetime of Detroit Lions football. Maybe 2016 at the end of that season when you played Green Bay for the division uh, in Week 17. Of course, it was a 16-game schedule then still. But, man, this, it's just been a lot of fun. It's been a great pleasure to watch this team. And, and for this city, uh, it's, I can't tell you how much these fans in this city deserve a team like this right now. You're living in Grand Rapids now, right, uh, while you rehab from the Hodgkin's lymphoma and and uh, get ready to pursue yeah. your career uh, down in Tennessee. Uh, how many yes, sir, games have you seen of the Lions, and uh, uh, will you be there for the last one? So the Eagles game to start the year, saw the Commanders game after that. I wasn't able to make it to that Packers game. But then I was at the, I was at the Jaguars beatdown. I was at Thanksgiving for the Bills, and I was there last week against the Vikings. That, that would make five, and yes, I will be at the final home game of the season against the Bears. <laughs> Well, uh, you won't have a home playoff game, at least not right away, but it looks like the Lions could be headed for San Francisco. Uh, they would not play Philadelphia because the one seed doesn't take part in the seven-team conference playoff. They have a bye. So two plays seven, three plays six, and four plays five. 
And you know that the first wildcard team is going to be Dallas. Um, pretty much lock that up. So it looks like Dallas will be playing Tampa Bay or whatever team wins the NFC South at 7-10. and 10. But uh, the Lions right now could be the second or the third wild card. And if they are the second wild card, they would play San Francisco at Levi Stadium. And if they are the final team in, if they are the seventh seed, then it uh, looks like they would play Minnesota. Yeah, the way this season's looking and the way the Lions are playing, the way the Lions are trending, Jack, you know this as good as anybody. It, there, there's so much favor that goes to the team that's trending up. And that, yeah. of course, is the Detroit Lions after the one and six start. You can't overstate how important it is for them to be playing their best football of the season going into the potential playoff run. And, you know, it's the, it's the old don't let this team in the back door because uh, they'll, they're going to fight like hell. They're going to play with their hair on fire. That's what they've done <laughs> since day one. And with Dan Campbell, you know, it gets made fun of here and there. But it's no laughing matter now because it's actually translating to wins on the field. And that's what we've been waiting for. Yeah. Look, I think they could beat a team like the 49ers, Brock Purdy, uh, Mr. Irrelevant. No disrespect, of course, but he's human. And you get Romeo Quara back, and he has a big two-sack day for the Lions against Zach Wilson. And you're just able to generate a little bit more of a pass rush this season, it seems. Uh, I say a little bit more. It's literally a completely different team than we saw under Matt Patricia. But then, you know, if you do have to play the Vikings, you're not scared of the Vikings. The, the, the odds are in the Lions' favor. I'm not going to say to win, but certainly to give either one of those teams a hell of a game and a hell of a fight. I, you know, Jim Stark on here before mentioning Hagler and Hearns. Yeah. We could see something like that. We could see a shootout in the playoffs, and if the Lions are lucky enough to be there, they won't take that opportunity for granted. And we've seen this season they can put up some points. I'm glad you mentioned Matt Patricia because yesterday when the Patriots lost that game to the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, I got a big smile on my face when I realized that was Matt Patricia directing the New England offense. Yeah, nice call, dude. Nice yeah. call. Nice call, Matt. How you doing? <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing for that guy. If I if I start, if I if you get me down that rabbit hole, Jack, we might be on here all day. So, <laughs> hey, would the Lions be better off playing San Francisco as you suggested? That with Brock Purdy, it's not like you're playing a veteran quarterback or getting another shot at a Minnesota team that they could have swept, uh, could have won that game in Minneapolis and did win it somewhat convincingly in Detroit. Uh, would you like to see Kirk Cousins and company again? I would love to see anyone that wants to play this team. And here, here's, here's the thing. The football fan in me would love to see the Lions play the 49ers. I think the 49ers are a much better team than the Vikings, actually, even though the Vikings are coming off that hot, pretty cool uh, comeback, NFL record comeback. But I still just don't think they have quite the firepower the 49ers have, and that's even with their third-string quarterback. But – the realist in me, Jack, the who I think the Lions have a better chance to beat is absolutely the Minnesota Vikings. You mentioned how the Lions really had a great opportunity to sweep the Vikings in the regular season and weren't able to get it done because of a coaching decision back in week three. But, I mean, here you are. If you're able to play Minnesota and you get to look across the field at a Justin Jefferson who just put up 200-plus yards against you and you still won by 10, I mean, let's roll the balls out if that's the case. We're talking with Trent Bally, and uh, Trent, uh, with what you are going through, and um, you have such a positive attitude about everything, I know that has to help what you're doing, but to see what the Lions have done, someone told me that uh, it's been therapeutic for a lot of people who have had physical battles when they can look at 
uh, the team that they enjoy watching the most, maybe in some cases heroes, uh, bouncing back from adversity and showing that, uh, you know, you're never out of it. It's never over till it's over. Uh, something like that put a smile on your face? No kidding. I think this is what maybe the happiest I've been with this team ever uh, in, in, in my entire 23 years watching the team. And you have to think about the fact that, yes, it is just sports, but it is metaphoric. Like you said, it's therapeutic. And, you know, it gives, it gives a lot of people hope that they can accomplish things when, you know, their back's against the wall and they might be, you know, a kneecap or two down, no pun intended. And then all of a sudden you just get on a roll and you get hot and you start feeling better. Things start to roll your way. And this Lions team, man, you want to talk about never giving up, not giving up, having that grit. How's that for you? How's the Brock Wright 51 touchdown knockout punch for you? That's awesome. So you, you, you just talk about little things like that. And, Jack, for, the, for Dan Campbell to make that play call yeah. after Brock Wright dropped the catch yes. beforehand, that's, yes. another, that's another symbolic Love measure it. of just Love this it. team does not quit, and it's awesome to watch. You know, Rob, we were talking about uh, another kneecap bites the dust and uh, re-recording that. You know, I think maybe this is a project for uh, Miles Bally. It has a nice <laughs> ring to it. I know, you know that. Uh, you know the song by Queen, Another One Bites the Dust, and we're rewriting that. Uh, putting a few other lyrics with it about kneecaps biting the dust, and we're going to get those words to you, and you can come up with something, and who knows, you might have a big hit on your hands. Yeah, we'll see. Miles is kind of a big shot on me now, Jack. I'm not sure how much pull I've got. I, I'll, I'll get in his ear about it at least. That sounds like a great idea. Lots of fun. <laughs> uh, Trent, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, always great to talk with you, and I hope we can get you up here for a Michigan State basketball game too. You covered the Spartans. Yeah, impact. I would lo- absolutely would love to do that. And, Jack, I-, I do want to throw out there real quick, Merry Christmas to you and yours, to Rob's family, all the listeners out there. Happy holidays to you. Trent Pally, uh, Rob, uh, Boston Rob's favorite guest on this show and one of my favorites. All right. One uh, of my favorites indeed. All right. Uh, we're going to be joined in just a minute um, by Sean Landetta. Another one of my favorites. Yeah. And uh, you can go ahead and, and uh, ring Sean now, see if you can catch him, because uh, he had an amazing, amazing career. When we were talking last week with Rick Gosselin about uh, guys who were undrafted, unheralded, in some cases unappreciated, Sean Landetta was appreciated, but it took a while. Uh, it took a while for him to be the punter of the decade in two different decades. That's hard to do. But 22 years in the National Football League and three years in the USFL, 25 years total. And uh, Gosselin had that list of the greatest players who never heard their name called at the draft. Uh, you look at the quarterbacks, running backs, alignment. It's unbelievable. The defensive backs on this team. You're talking about arguably two of the best kickers ever in the uh, Adam Vinatieri and Justin Tucker were not drafted. You know, you can win a lot of games, I think, with Kurt Warner. Um, took his team to two Super Bowls, two-time MVP, Warren Moon, and Tony Romo. We want to welcome in Sean Landetta. Sean, uh, great to talk with you, as always. And have we seen a wilder weekend in the NFL than the largest comeback ever? The biggest second-half collapse by Tom Brady? And one of the craziest plays ever to end the New England uh, Las Vegas game. 
you know, I'm not sure, Jack. We've all been watching football a lot of years, <laughs> you know, crazy things. But uh, there were so many games this weekend that had wild endings, endings. And it's kind of been like that all year. It seems like there's been more one-score games than ever. And uh, every weekend, these NFL games have just been terrific. We had talked to uh, Lorenzo White earlier, and he was part of that Oilers team that lost to Buffalo, that uh, had that 32-point lead uh, slip away, and uh, now it was a 33 nothing deficit. Uh, what's the biggest lead you've ever been part of that uh, either your team overcame or you had the lead and it vanished? You know, I don't recall that there was anything too outrageous. You know, yeah. there's been some games maybe we've been down by 14 or up yeah. by 7. Yeah. We weren't able to hold it or we came back. But, Nothing in uh, the 30 range, though. No, no. And, you know, anybody that saw what happened with the Colts-Vikings, I mean, you just couldn't believe what you were watching. Yeah. You just thought, thought it was out of reach. And, uh, you know, it's just remarkable that the uh, Vikings came back. I wonder what that is like, Sean. You've had a quarter of a century in pro football, but – when you have that kind of a lead, I guess it's just normal to relax a little bit. But then when it starts to slip away and you're going from, uh, okay, let's let's uh, right the ship here to, oh, crap. Uh, at some point, you realize that you could be part of history on the wrong end of it. Uh, what does that feel like? Well, you know, obviously nobody wants to be in that situation where you have that kind of lead. You're not able to hold it. and you know, so many times in games like that, when you look back, it literally was one play. If there's just one uh, third down, you could have converted, or if there was just one pass caught, just you look back, if there was just one play, uh, because the team needing to come back from that deficit, I mean, they need everything. It has to be perfect. Uh, that's why you just don't see it that often. But, uh, you know, that's just got to be crushing for the Colts. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that. The people around here, Sean, uh, watched Kirk Cousins uh, lead Michigan State to back-to-back 11-win seasons, which uh, first time in school history they'd won more than 10. And uh, he doesn't look like he's a great quarterback. You see him next to Josh Allen or, or Patrick Mahomes, and, and you watch him and you say, well, you know, maybe he's a backup, maybe he's a pedestrian starter, but how do you throw for 417 yards and four touchdowns in the second half? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the greatest performances of all time. And, you know, all he's done the last three, four, or five years is play off the charts. I think uh, we all know football is a team game. And unfortunately for him, uh, the Vikings have had very poor defenses the last several years. And it's a little unfair to ask the quarterback to make up for that. But uh, I think Kirk Cousins is a legit NFL starter, you know, a top 10 quarterback. Some people don't believe that, but I do. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Belichick yesterday walking across the field uh, at the end of that game when um, that pass uh, was supposed to be a long lateral was picked off and then returned for a game-winning touchdown at the end of regulation. And uh, I don't know if he knew what he was going to say to Josh McDaniels. It was a very short uh, greeting. Uh, not that Bill Belichick is prone to long conversations. How's your family after games anyway? But um, of all the coaches that you would see that happen to, it just doesn't seem Belichickian. I couldn't agree more. I mean, this is the second team time. Many of us remember several years ago when Miami on the last play of the game uh, was able to win a a game in similar fashion. Not quite as stunning as this, but, uh, 
you know, shocking is the word. I mean, th- this game was going to overtime. You just couldn't believe what you saw. And, you know, that, that game yesterday may keep them out of the playoffs. Uh, Sean, I often refer to you as the one guy who really wanted to be a Detroit Lion and couldn't be because an offer sheet was signed. So didn't have that opportunity. But yesterday, uh, you're such a student of the game and a fan of the game. Uh, and you see what the Lions are doing now under Dan Campbell. This is 6-1 uh, and one after a 1-6 and six start. And I really think they're going to make the playoffs. You know, I do, too, and, and I'm so happy for them. And, you know, a lot of people around the country are because they know Detroit, you know, has really been trying to get back. Dan yeah. Campbell's a guy that I think is very likable. You see how much he cares about his players and his team. And, you know, I don't know, what is it, six out of seven they want? Yeah. Something amazing. And, yeah. uh, you know, they did it once again yesterday. I mean, they had to, uh, on the road, come back late in the game and, and not only win a game that way, scoring to go ahead, but – you know, withstand a last-second field goal attempt. But what Detroit's doing is great, and I just think it's good for the NFL that you got the Lions back in it. And I, and I know a lot of people, really hope they make the playoffs. You know this dynamic as well as anyone. You talk about teams that share stadiums. You have the Giants and the Jets, and you have the Rams and the Chargers. But uh, when the Lions scored to beat the Jets, uh, a lot of Giants fans probably cheering, and I'm guessing that at night when the Giants uh, were playing the Redskins, a lot of Jets fans were pulling for Washington. Oh, there's no question. You know that's true. Actually, I was I was at the Giants Lions game several weeks ago, and uh, it wasn't even as close as the score set. Detroit just totally handled them, and uh, you know they were so impressive that day, and uh, they came back again and and got another win here in New York. So, uh, yeah, they've got it going. Uh, be very interested to see how they finish the, their last three, but I hope they make it. Now, you look at the teams that could get into the playoffs. You have the Giants and the Commanders. Uh, you have the Seahawks. Uh, you have the Lions, 7-7. Seven and seven. And it looks like two of those teams um going to make it. Uh, along with Dallas as the NFC wild cards. Uh, what do you make of the idea that Dallas could be 13-4 and four and have to go on the road to 7-10 and 10 Tampa? Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of those anomalies. You know, we've seen it in the past, and uh, I wish the NFL could do something about it. I, I don't know if it would just be a, a situation where the few times that happens, that, you know, the division champ, would have to travel to play against a better team yeah. uh, record-wise. And I know, you know, that's that's getting picky there. But uh, yeah, that's just something you don't see. Like you said, a team can win 13 games and have to go play a team that, that won seven on the road. Uh, you know, you don't see that very often. Uh, watching that game last night, and I, I thought about Daniel Jones, uh, how maligned he's been. And in New York, it's easy to beat. Uh, it's easy to get on the wrong side of the media and um, the fans, and they're very demanding on the East Coast. But uh, he did enough. And when you have Saquon Barkley, uh, Brian Dable, and the new coaching staff figured out, hey, 26 is a good guy to carry the ball in a game like this. And uh, for a while, it looked like uh, the commanders were a better team. But at the end, hey, it was the Giants that moved in front in the standings. Yeah, that was some game. You know, obviously, as a former Giant, I was so glad they won. But, 
you know, just in the name of fairness, uh, you know, Washington really got a bad deal. That last play, yes, the, the defender was all over the, the receiver and uh, even the, the ref in the booth. You know, you could almost hear the sadness in his voice because he, he doesn't want to do anything to show up his brethren, uh, officials who don't make a good play. But, you know, that was a shame for them. But what a great game and a huge win for the Giants. Now they're in a position to do something no one thought after being 4-13 and last year, they they have a chance to make the playoffs. You know, I, I want to get your take on this, Sean, uh, as a player, because I've had this argument uh, a dozen times with people who say, let the players decide the game. Don't make any calls at the end of the game. To me, if you don't make the call, then it's not football. If it's a foul in the first quarter, then it's a foul in the last minute of the game and what you're basically doing is giving the defense license to tackle, strangle, stomp on, do whatever they want, knowing that uh, there's going to have to be considerable blood before there's a penalty flag. You know, I agree with you 100%. And for years, we've seen that, you know, at the end of the game in a Hail Mary situation. I mean, yeah. how many times there's just flat out interference on that play and you yeah. never see a Hail Mary a penalty called. But wait a minute. You know, it should be called, as you said, if it's interference. And uh, hopefully the league will talk about that in the offseason and do something about it because uh, very unfair that uh, at the end of the game they, they kind of, quote, let them play, as people say. But I don't think you can do that. Uh, you're living close to Philly, right? Yeah, I split my time between New York and Philly. They're about 120 miles apart. Okay. How good are the Eagles? Are they legit? Are they the best team in the NFC? And is Jalen Hurts uh, the most valuable player in football? You know, right now I would say yes to both of those, Jack. I mean, you know, those of us that watch football and understand the NFL and how difficult it is to win week in, week out, I mean, it's exceptional what they've done. There there hasn't been many teams in NFL history that have started 13-1. and one. And, uh, you know, they've been pretty uh, – you know, what's the word I should, should use? A lot of these games haven't been close. I know it was close yesterday in Chicago, but, I mean, they have just been overpowering, and this kid hurts. You know, you look at the numbers he's putting up, the decisions he's yeah. making. Uh, I don't know how he could play much better, and uh, this is a wonderful situation for the Eagles because he's still very young. And uh, I just saw something earlier. There's a chance he may not play uh, Saturday in Dallas because the shoulder we'll have to see how that goes but mm-hmm. uh, you know I think up to this point absolutely he's the NFL MVP and the Eagles are as advertised uh, I found something Sean going back to the draft and of course he had played at Alabama uh, he was starting quarterback in the national championship win and then he got pulled at halftime for Tua Tungavaloa he transferred to Oklahoma but going into the draft, a lot of people had questions about him. And uh, this is from an NFL scouting report. Very limited passer. Struggles to see the field. Poor vision. Struggles to read defenses. Slow to work through progressions. Not an accurate passer. One read quarterback. Arm strength is average. Personality issues. And uh, one guy on one of the shows, I don't know if it was ESPN or NFL Network, said when he was taken, uh, interesting pick. In three years, he might be a fullback. Well, you know, all these guys make their thoughts, you know, on what they see at the time. 
there's no question in the last two, three years, he's improved drastically. Yes, yes. And that's a credit to him. But, uh, you know, I didn't see him play that much. But you, you, you talk about a kid that the University of Alabama won all those games in a row. He yeah. transferred. Yeah. You know, a runner-up for the Heisman Trophy yes. at yes. Oklahoma. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know how can he can be that poor of a player that that one scout uh, – <laughs> You know, rated him. If you if you read those things, you say to yourself, "This guy's undraftable." Yeah. I mean, yeah. who would want to draft a quarterback right. that even had a few of those things that guy said? But right. uh, credit to him and credit to the Eagles. You know, they looked past that and they saw what was positive, and uh, you know that couldn't have worked out better for them. Uh, you are such a fan of all sports. I mean, you can go through the NBA and you can find guys who were not picked in the first round, including. Uh, Guys won the last couple of MVPs. Uh, and you can do the same thing in the National Football League. And Rick Gosselin, who you know, uh, had you as his all-time undrafted punter. And uh, this team that Rick put together of guys who did not hear their name called on draft day, I could coach them. <laughs> well, you know, it's very gracious of Rick to include me on that team and I did see that list, and, and I agree. Uh, you know, I, I don't know uh, any group of players that you put against them that, that would beat them. I mean, just a, a tremendous group of guys. And, you know, I think that goes back to, uh, you know, there's a lot of sayings when you make comparisons as far as players uh, who, when it was time to be drafted, people didn't think they were ready. Right. You know, you hear some scouts say all roses don't bloom at the same time. And that's true. A lot of times a guy at 21, 22, he's not ready. Three years later, he becomes a star. It doesn't happen often, but, you know, every once in a while, a guy at the time just isn't ready to go. So he's a free agent. You know, he works hard. And, you know, through the years, there's been a bunch of guys that have done that. And that list he put together, I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> you know, you could win a game against anybody with that with that crew. Sean, I've always thought of punters as uh... – free-spirited, and maybe cerebral to a sense. They see the game in a different way. Uh, they're not huddled together on the bench when they're not on the field. They can watch a little bit. Uh, they have a pretty good perspective for what's going on. Uh, after your 25 years of pro football, 22 in the National Football League, what would you look for in terms of personality traits and things that would tell you, besides the measurables, this is a guy who's a winner. It's a guy I want on my team. Well, you know, I think it would be the same things you would look for if you were looking for somebody in business or anything mm -hmm. else. I mean, mm -hmm. first of all, you know, does he care? You know, you've heard the phrase, does the guy love football? I mean, right. you have to care about it so much. It has to be so, so important to you. And, you know, with your own two, two eyes, you watch and see. What does he do? Does he go the extra mile? Yeah. You know, does he do every little thing to give himself the best chance to be a great player? And then it goes without saying the talent level, which, you know, he has to prove. But we all know, unfortunately, there's been so many great talented players that never worked out in the NFL and vice versa. Other guys that uh, maybe not as talented, but that did everything right on the other side and became stars. So I would take somebody that it's just so important to every single thing about it. And, uh, you know, they, they would go through a wall. They, they would not leave anything on the tape. Sean, we always say uh, life is a team sport. And when you see guys who are concerned with their stats, 
they might be spectacular individual performers, but in a team game, often uh, they're left lacking. And then you find guys who they only care about, uh, did you achieve the objective? Uh, it's a pass-fail sport. And uh, did you win or did you not? And if you have to give up some carries or catches or you have to do something that you wouldn't normally feel comfortable doing to help the team win, those are the guys who are invaluable. No, I agree. And uh, usually they're pretty easy to identify. You know, uh, yeah. you know, coaches, you know, scouting people, personnel people, uh, you know, they watch very closely at all these things with players. And, uh, you know, everybody's got to pull the same direction. And, you know, as you said, if you have to give up something that could be good for you, that's better for the team, you know, you have you almost have to be the one to volunteer it. You know, that's what they look for. And, uh, you know, those kind of guys are invaluable. I think back to uh, one of the guys on that team with you of the all undrafteds, Wes Welker, and uh, came into the league and everyone said, okay, well, he's a practice player or, you know, he's here until the first cut. And all he did was whatever it took for New England to win and actually became a three-time NFL receiving champ. You think about Tom Brady and you say, well, other than Randy Moss, uh, he didn't have a lot of great receivers to throw to. But, you know, he had another guy there who led the league in receiving three times. Catch 100-plus balls, you're doing something right. No, I agree with you. I mean, if he was six foot three, you yeah. know, and he was first, second-round pick, yeah. they would talk about him so differently. But he did more than most six three first-round pick receivers have done. And, you know, I can remember uh, late in my career, we were playing the Dolphins hmm. uh, down in Miami, and, he was their punt returner. He was a young kid. I didn't know much about him. And, yeah. You know, uh, he got off a couple of good punt returns, 10. I think the last one was like 18. And, you know, I got angry. Like, who is this kid? You know, who is this kid I don't know anything about? Why is he so good? And then as the years went by, you said to yourself, well, you saw what he turned into, you know, and he, he earned his stripes returning punts and worked his way up. And uh, he had an amazing career. Uh, I remember another Super Bowl-winning quarterback, Sean, Joe Theismann. And when he was at Notre Dame, he was spectacular, but then I uh, thought he was too small to play in the NFL, so he went to Canada. He tore it up up there, and finally the Redskins brought him in, but they had Sonny Jurgensen and Billy Kilmer. And the question always was, was it going to be Sonny or Billy going to be the quarterback? And then uh, George Allen uh, was running the team, and they decided, you know, we got to find a way to use Theismann. So he became a punt returner. I don't know if any other Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks uh, have been punt returners, but I asked Joe one time about that. I said, was that a big blow to your ego? He said, are you kidding me? I just want to get on the field. The idea is to win. And uh, that's yeah. a pretty good idea of why he became the quarterback he did. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, that guy was a great, great athlete. He could do everything. And as you said, think about it. He's probably the only quarterback in NFL history that's won a Super Bowl and returned punts in an NFL game. And right off the bat, you have the skill to be able to do that. You have to have that skill before they even put you out there. But he's one of those guys that had a great career. And, uh, you know, there's no question that he's a guy that was all in it to win, as you said. I uh, know your great career with the Giants, and, and you had so many different teams you played for. Were you with New York the night that uh, Joe Theismann broke his leg? You know, I was. 
I was, and uh, I can remember walking out there because Clay stopped and everybody went out and kind of walked over and looked down, and he was just staring straight up uh, at the sky. He wasn't saying a word, and, you know, I kind of looked down at his leg, and, you know, we all know what a leg's supposed to look like. And yeah. between his knee and his ankle, you know, his leg, left leg kind of went straight, and halfway down it, like, went to the left for an inch and a half then continued straight. Hmm. It was in the sock there, and you kind of looked at that, and he went, "Gee, that's not right." And uh, but uh, that was just an awful break for him, you know, the way all the weight landed on top of him, and that was the last play, uh, you know, of his career. But yeah, I did play in that game. Uh, you think about comebacks and so many players who overcome adversity and injuries, and another quarterback who had something a lot like that, Sean, Alex Smith, again. You're talking about playing for Washington. I know it is about Washington, but uh, and uh, he got it to the point that uh, you know you couldn't look at it, and then he got that infection, and uh, had to have all those surgeries. They thought he was going to lose the leg at one point. They thought he might lose his life, and he came back back and actually played in the National Football League. To me, that's one of the great comebacks in any sport. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, when you think about what he went through, and I think there was a show on it, and yeah. you're saying to yourself, you're you're watching all this, and you're saying, how could he uh, come back and play? He's just lucky to be able to be walking. And I can remember one of his first games back when he got sacked, and he had a 330-pound D lineman, like, on his shoulders. Mm. I just thought to myself, God, I hope his just leg just doesn't collapse underneath of this. But uh, you're right. That's got to be one of the greatest comebacks ever because anybody else would have never even thought trying to play again but uh he did as a guy who's played in postseason games big ones super bowls the ultimate who do you see this year uh, playing uh for the championship well right now I, I i would go with the eagles in the nfc uh barring injury uh it looks like they're gonna get home field advantage we know all know how important it is but more important is just how solid they are on both sides of the ball i mean they're just a terrific team and they the AFC is a little bit different. You know, Buffalo is such a great team, but uh, maybe it's unfair to watch them. And if they don't win convincingly, yeah. you don't think they're as good as they are. They could be. We all saw that game, but many of us the other night against Miami. What a valiant effort the Dolphins put up in uh, yeah. terrible conditions. And, uh, you know, Kansas City, you know, there's a couple games that they haven't looked so great, you know, but we all know how good they are. But the one team that could sneak back in there is Cincinnati. You know, it's yeah. almost like – we forget they were not that we forget, but a lot of people don't realize they were in the Super Bowl last year. That's right. And you know they're getting hot at the right time. So uh, one of those three teams from the AFC against the Eagles, as we stand here today, is who I would pick. You know Miami getting ready to go up there and play in Buffalo, and uh, the temperature difference was about sixty degrees. And uh, you saw Mike McDaniel and uh, some of the Dolphin staff wearing those shirts. I wish it were colder. And, uh, you know, trying to get mentally ready for that. Is there any way to prepare yourself for those conditions, especially if you haven't lived in it and practiced in it every day? You know, there really isn't. I mean, even if you arrange to go somewhere and practice in a dome where you put the air conditioner on 30 degrees, I mean, you could try your best to simulate it. I don't think you can. And it's just one of those things that it's a mindset that, look, for three hours, we're going to have to play in this, and they will too. And uh, I know when I played for the Packers, that was the mindset there. I mean, we 
we practice in our indoor facilities starting in late September. And I asked, why is that? And they said, look, it's more important to us for you guys to practice well in great conditions. And then on Sunday, whatever it is out there, we think because you practiced well, you're in a great rhythm, your confidence in how you played, confidence, you will play well, even though the weather's bad. And it was very interesting to hear that because I thought the opposite. I thought yeah. when I went there, we'd be practicing out at 10 degrees, right. you know, to get ready to play. But uh, Mike Holman was the coach, and it was very interesting and certainly had terrific players, but uh, a lot of success doing it that way. Sean, I don't want to get you in trouble here, uh, but who's the best coach you played for? Wow, that, that's such a great question. You know, I had a chance to play, you know, for a bunch of coaches that went to Super Bowls and yeah. won. And, um, you know, I mentioned Mike Holmgren. I mean, he's a tremendous coach. I mean, he's the guy that could, he's a guy that could be, uh, you know, a CEO of a, of a major company, just the right. way the, the presence he has. And he's a very, very, uh, you know, brilliant guy. You know, Parcells is a terrific coach, a great motivator, uh, you know, won everywhere he went. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. The guy that does it the, the, the most different, who will be a Hall of Fame coach, is Andy Reid. You know, I spent mm-hmm. six years with Andy. And, uh, you know, most coaches that coach the way he, he does don't have the success he's had. But it's very interesting how without being a guy that's very harsh, he makes you want to play well for him. You know, mm-hmm. you hear that some coaches that aren't so, you know, brutal, yeah. maybe players will take advantage of it. But he has a way that you never even think of doing that. And uh, I don't know if it's because you appreciate how he treats you or uh, it's very interesting that he's had the great success he's had not being the, uh, you know, Parcells, Jimmy Johnson, Holmgren, you know, these coaches that have all been very, very stern guys. It's always great to talk with you, Sean. I hope we get a chance to maybe catch up during the playoffs. And I look forward to the time when you can come up here to Michigan and uh, see some games with you and show you around a little bit. I look forward to it, Jack. So nice of you to have me. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family, and look forward to catching up again. Thank you great. Sean Landetta, only 25 years in pro football. Can you imagine that, Rob? 22 seasons in the National Football League and three in the USFL. Hey, I want to thank all of our guests. Uh, big night around here. A lot of people go heading over to Reno's East because this is the holiday show with Tom Izzo on the accordion and all the players singing, if you want to call it that. I want to thank all of our guests today. Jerry Green, legendary Hall of Fame writer, columnist for the Detroit News, 11-time Michigan Sports Writer of the Year. Uh, he's the only one. The only one left who's been to every Super Bowl. We're talking about 56 in a row. And uh, God willing, maybe maybe he'll be to 57. And uh, hope he's around when the Detroit Lions get there. Lorenzo White. And uh, he is no longer part of the greatest giveaway in NFL history. Uh, his Oilers and what happened to Buffalo. Uh, Minnesota and Indianapolis took care of that. Jim Stark, Michigan Sports Legacy Conservancy. Trent Bally and Sean Landetta. See you tomorrow, everyone.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.